Have you ever heard that there's wisdom in packing light? That when you're making a journey, not being weighed down by unnecessary things can help you to make the journey better. I'm going to talk to you today about something that we're all tempted to travel with that we were never intended to carry. It's an unnecessary burden. It's the weight of fear. You know, fear and faith are so similar. They both cause us to believe in things that we can't see. And yet, fear is trusting the voice of our enemy and our circumstance. Faith is trusting the voice of our friend and his sovereignty in our lives. If we want to travel light, unburdening ourselves of fear is one of the first and best steps in a journey that leads home. Let's get into it. Thank you for joining us at Arlington United. Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Zerub Baal. Zerub Baal. That is Gideon. And all the people who were with him got up early, set up camp in Herod Spring. So like somewhere in Arkansas, Herod Spring. There was a camp of Midianites to the north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Lord said to Gideon, this is so weird. He said, you've got too many people. He said, there are too many with you for me to give you the Midianites in their hands. Because if I do, you're going to think you did it. They'll glorify themselves over me, saying our own power saved us. Have you ever thought that you're too strong to win? That's what the Lord said to Gideon. You got too much power for me to do something for you. So now call out so the people can hear. Whoever's afraid, go home. And so they did. Brother Mark, how would you feel? He said, whoever doesn't really want to be at this prayer meeting, go home. And they had 32,000 to begin with. 22,000 of them left. And just took off. They said, you got, you got no food. You got no drinks. I'm out. Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many. So they go down the water and I'm going to test you. And if they drink this way, they drink that way. Then you go home. And so you go on down through verse 5. And then you get to, to uh, verse 7. The Lord said to Gideon, there's only 300 left. He said, 300 men. They, they lapped up the water with their hands. They said, 300 men, I'm going to save you, and I'm going to give the Midianites into your hands. And all the rest of the people should go home. And that's what we're going to do in just a little bit. But before then, I want to talk to you about this. Traveling light. Traveling light. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. You're awesome. Everything about you is holy. And everything about you is good. There's nothing lacking in you. There's a lot lacking in us. And help us to understand today that you are for us and you're going to bring the victory if we will allow you to do so. In the name of Jesus, may the church say amen. You can be seated. I brought a few props today. I know y'all love sermon props Sunday. But I've got some luggage 
that I use when I travel. I'm gonna let you decide what the overnight bag is, but this one's even got my name on it in case I forget who I am. It says Jackson on the side of it. Honestly, I think it came that way, Candace. It says on the back, it's a division of the Jackson Corporation. So I think this was a tag. So I'm like those guys that buy that hat and just leave the tag on it. I left the tag on it because it's my name. But that's what I use for overnight. Um, I've got a three-day bag. Anybody got any luggage? Can y'all relate to this? This is my three-day bag. It's a little bit heavier. You can put a little more stuff in it. Um, on the side of it, it's got a tag. In case I ever get lost, they know where to bring me. This is a longitude and latitude of our house. And so if I get too far gone and uh, I'm out of my gourd, Jana feels like they'll bring me back where I belong because I've got this, I've got this mark here. She's a pretty smart lady. I'm just glad she wants me to come back. This is my week bag. It's a lot heavier. It's got a lot, it looks the same size as that one, but it's got more compartments and you can fit more stuff in here and then you stick your books on the side of it. I don't have those little rollers. You know, those ones that you twirl, you know, it's got that little handle. Looks so nice walking through the airport. There's a reason behind that. I go a lot of places where there aren't sidewalks and there aren't floors. And uh, so this soft side stuff that you can carry uh, is a lot better. I used this one so much before I got married, you know, I, I was wondering a lot more back then. I was doing short-term mission work, and I actually pulled a muscle in my neck because I put this on my shoulder uh, with a shoulder strap, and it's, it's heavy as is. I'll let y'all pick it up later if you want to. That'll really add something to it, but um, it's, it's heavy, but it's hard to travel light with that bag, but that, that bag has been a lot of different places. This is its great granddaddy. It is not the overnight bag. This one right here will put you well toward the 50 pound limit before you put anything in it. But uh, now isn't that a bag, Diane? That's, that's quite a bag. But how'd you like, you come, you come stay with Gloria overnight and you bring this in, she thinks she's never gonna get rid of it. Well, that's, quite a, that's quite a piece of luggage. Look at that, Gloria, that's a big, big bag. Now, I only use that one when I'm traveling with heavy equipment or something like that to, to get in. Have you ever heard that you should travel light? Leave some room in your suitcase before you go? I don't think my wife believes in that. We have a different different uh, way of packing because she's got to pack everything for the kids and then, you know, different outfits and stuff. You never know what you're going to get into So, and the kids are going to lose their shoes and then we got to have diapers for all of them. And so by the time we get packed, we don't, we're not often packed light, um, but you, you've packed for a trip before. The wisdom of packing light is, now you can, depending on what trip you're doing, you could choose different ones of these, but the wisdom of packing light is it's easier to travel if your baggage is not as heavy. Now, you just think that through a little bit, we can have an altar call and we can dismiss. But it's easier to travel when your baggage is limited. 
I can tell you that one of the reasons I've got this lightest one here is those other three are pretty heavy and just carrying them alone can kind of wear you out. And, and, and it, it just carry, the more you carry, the harder it is to go far or to go fast or to go long. The more you carry, the harder it is to go far, fast, or to travel for a long period of time. There's an element hidden in this text today that has to do with not luggages, but carrying things you don't need. If you look at these soldiers, the Bible says that by the time God was through with Gideon's army, they only had two things. And I, I love this word. It's spelled V-I-C-T-U-A-L-S, but it's pronounced Vittles. And I grew up in West Tennessee hearing about Vittles. And it's, I guess you're supposed to say it Victuals. I don't know. But we said it Vittles, Mary. And what, happy birthday, by the way. What it means is stuff to eat. Evan, they had stuff to eat and trumpets. Now that sounds like quite an army, doesn't it? Something to eat. Because we're going to get hungry. We're, we're people of covenant. People of covenant have been eating since the Garden of Eden. We're going to get hungry, and then we've got some news. No swords, no bows and arrows, no slings. So first of all, God takes 32,000 people and whittles them down to 300 and says, you had too many to start with. I want to get you to where you know you're dependent on me. And then these guys are traveling too heavy. They've got stuff they don't need, like slingshots like bows and arrows, like swords and shields. Evan, this is the weirdest equipped army to ever take the field, ever. It's just, it's amazing. They, 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 they've got too much. And, and God said, I want, you to, I want you to get these people down to this is what they're carrying because they've been traveling with too much. 22,000 of them actually were traveling with a heavier burden than a sword or a shield. It was a burden that would disqualify them for the battle. And this text really shows you the utter incomprehensibility of the plans of God when they're viewed through the eyes of man. My wife beautifully brought to us today the example of Asaph, and he said, I looked at things through my eyes, and I looked at it through my perspective, and, and in that Psalm 73, he said, he said, my feet almost slipped because I, in other words, I nearly slid out of here. I, I nearly tripped up because I had things backwards when I was looking at things through my perspective. Through Gideon's perspective, the armies of Midian that were before him were innumerable and they were powerful. They had defeated Israel for years. They had beaten them into submission. In fact, when God came to call Gideon, he didn't go to the Bible school. He didn't go to the worship team meeting. He didn't go to the Bible study. He went behind a wine press where Gideon was hiding. And the angel says, Hail, man of valor. God will make fun of you sometimes. Gideon's sitting back there quaking in his little sandals. And he says, Hey, man of valor. It sounds like he's mocking him, but actually God was calling him what he would become. If somebody looks at you and says, I appreciate you, you have the love of God in you, you're an inspiration to me, don't, don't just look at them and say, you're mocking me or something. Realize that they might be seeing through the eyes of the Spirit 
who God is creating you to be. And you may be more in the kingdom of God than you give yourself credit for. And that's what happened to Gideon. Gideon is there, and, and this army has defeated all of them. He rallied an army of 32,000 men. He thinks he doesn't have enough, but God begins to thin them out because God says Gideon has too many. You know the Sunday school story. And then God tells Gideon this. He said, there are some that are afraid. And I want you to make it known that anybody that's afraid can turn back. And they do. Because let me tell you something. The greatest burden you can put in your baggage today is fear. You can't travel far with fear. You can't fight fast with fear. And God would rather have 300 warriors than 22,000 warriors. Because fear and faith don't work together in the battle. When it's time to do damage to the enemy, a fearful soul is not a faithful soul, and that's not someone who's effective in the kingdom of God. Now watch what he did. He said they can go back home. He didn't kick them out of the covenant. He didn't kick them out of Israel. He just said, you're not ready for this fight. So I want to tell somebody today, if there's fear in your heart, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're carrying a load that God never intended for you to carry. And you've got a burden in your pack that you can unburden today and you can leave here without it. It doesn't mean you're a child of God if you've had a negative thought. It doesn't mean that if you've ever had fear cross your mind that there's something wrong with you or you're defective or you're not a real Christian. What it means is you're a real human and sometimes that happens. But the Word of God has come here today to help you. And if you'll listen to the Lord, He's going to help you undo some of those heavy burdens today and you can leave here traveling lighter than when you came in because it is not God's will nor is it His plan for His people to consistently live in fear. It's difficult to fight a two-front war. Any military strategist will tell you that you need to face your enemy and you never want to let the enemy, Mary, get on your flank, get on the sides or to the back of you because you want to keep your enemy in front of you. That's why, that's why you only trust your, your back to your friends, right? And you want to face the, the, the enemy. Well, it is difficult to fight your enemy and to fight fear at the same time. Because if you're fighting fear and you're fighting your enemy, then you, you're fighting a two-front war. Why do you think in 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says that Satan, as a roaring lion, seeks whom he may devour? Why would Satan huff and pluff like that wolf and say, I'm going to blow your house down. Be honest. Anybody ever been threatened by the enemy? Anybody ever had a thought it's not going to work out? My marriage is not going to be what I, what I need it to be or wanted it to be. My family is not going to, I'm not going to receive my healing. My financial blessing is not going to come. That person that's lying on me is going to win. I'm not going to get the just reward that I've earned. I'm not, this, this is not, then the enemy, he doesn't, sometimes he whispers, but other times he roars and he comes and he tries to intimidate. Why would he do that? Because if he can get you fighting fear, you will stop fighting him. 
But if you can get to the place where faith will replace your fear, then you begin to do damage to the enemy rather than trying to struggle with the fear that he has placed in you today. The reason that the enemy comes with fear, he knows he can't get you out of covenant. But if he can get you out of formation, if he can get you out of the army, if he can get you out of the fight, then he can take a respite. It's not, he doesn't, call, listen to me, hear the voice of the Lord today. He doesn't come with you with intimidation because that, that he wants to scare you so much because he thinks that he can destroy you. He wants to scare you because he knows that your God through you can destroy him. That's the reason he brings fear. That's the reason he huffs and he puffs, not because he believes what he's saying. It's because he believes what you're saying, that God is faithful, that God is powerful, and he can bring you the victory. Somebody ought to clap your hands and praise the Lord right now. God wanted fighters who could travel light, not just food and trumpets. Just, just food and trumpets. I'm not going to preach on the cares of life today. And that's a long sermon. It's a good sermon. I'm not going to preach on how we get weighted down with certain things like offenses toward one another or, or thoughts about, you know, this ism and that ism that divide the body of Christ. I could, I could talk about that a lot today. But one thing I do want to talk about is you're just not going to go far enough if the Lord wants you to go if you're carrying a backpack full of fear today. You're not going to fight fast enough that the Lord wants you to bring the victory to those who need victory today if you've been rendered ineffective because of fear. It is a disabling force that shrinks your spirit. It is a disabling force that hijacks your emotions. Fear is a disabling force that will put the lenses of negativity on you, on your vision where you cannot see things in the proper light of the sovereignty and the goodness and the care of your heavenly Father. Fear will change your brain literally where you can't think straight. A neuroscientist will tell you that someone who's been hijacked by fear, the cognitive part of their brain, the part that even adds up their checkbook, or the part that remembers your phone number, or the part that remembers what you're supposed to do. Anybody ever been so scared that you just felt like you were frozen? That's what fear does to you. And that's what Satan wants to do with his threats, is he wants to immobilize the army of God. But I have come today to preach to those who are willing to lay hold of faith and to let go of fear. I've come today to preach to those who care more about a weight of glory than the weights and the sins that would easily beset us. I've come today to preach to those who say, yes, I've got a circumstance. Yes, I've got a weakness. Yes, I've got a problem. Yes, I've got a challenge. But I also have a God who is on my side. I've got a captain of my salvation. And I've been defeated many times, but he has never been defeated. He has never lost a battle. And he's not going to start with me. Doesn't have to be this way today. Fear's a burden that you don't have to carry today. You're not shackled to it. There's nothing iron on you. That's the irony. You're walking through the airport and you're carrying heavy luggage. You can choose to put it down. You say, well, I can't help what I think. That's true. But you can help what you meditate on. Listen to me. Having a thought is not a sin. But what you return to is wise 
or foolish based on what you meditate on. The Lord never said, don't ever, don't ever think this or don't ever have that thought. What he says is, he says, meditate on the goodness of the Lord. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Diane, you're not responsible for every thought that comes to your mind, but you are responsible for every thought that you cherish in your heart and that you roll over and over and over in your head. I tell you what some of you ought to do. You ought to do the same thing that I ought to do. When those negative thoughts come to you, that I'm not going to have the victory. I'm not going to make it out of this. My family's not going to be what it needs to be. You ought to say, great is the Lord and great is His faithfulness. He's never lost a battle. God is faithful to His covenant. God is faithful to His people. You ought to make it come out of your mouth until it sinks into your brain because faith and fear cannot coexist. And if you will get full of faith, Evan, then you'll be empty of fear. You're the luggage of fear is going to fall off of you when the burden of faith takes hold of you. To cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Peter, right before Sheila, he said, Satan's out there. Roar, 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 roar. Intimidate, intimidate. I'm going to huff. I'm going to puff. And I'm going to blow your house down. I'm going to tear your family apart. I'm going to tear your health apart. I'm going to tear this apart. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's how he started. I, 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 I. Nincompoop. He doesn't have enough sense to even stop saying I after he was kicked out of heaven. Headed for hell and all he can do is talk about what he's going to do. All talk and no game. If I was preaching in Texas, I'd say all hat and no cattle. He's just huffing and puffing and blowing all the time. Right before Peter talked about Satan, he said in verse 7, he said, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. I'd like to tell you the devil's going to stop being the devil. Now, if you'll live a long time, you'll live to see him bound in, in hell for a thousand years. They're going to put a big chain on him. One angel's going to come take him out. That big bad Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. But until then, Sheila, he's going to keep being the devil. So verse 8 is still going to keep happening. Roar, 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 roar. The only thing you can change, Laura, is if you have verse 7 in your life and you say, you can roar, but I'm going to cast my cares. You can threaten, but I'm going to have my faith in Jesus. You can keep talking, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to trust in the Lord my God. My little boy can quote it in the back. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the Lord our God. And when he finishes quoting it, he says, what? Well, we ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How did Peter know? How did Peter know we could cast our cares on him? Let me tell you a story about Peter. Peter is in the middle of a squall in the Sea of Galilee. The Bible says that they had rowed for 25 to 30 furlongs. I did the math today. It's over three miles. You know why they were rowing, Rebecca? Because if you're a sailor and you're in a hurricane and you've got your sails up, you're about to lose your sails in your ship. The only thing you can do in a hurricane is take down the sails and tie down everything you can tie down because what's not tied down is going overboard. And so the reason they were rowing is they were trying to get to the shore, Candace, but they couldn't rely on their sails anymore because the storm was too hot and the storm was too... too the, the Bible says that the, the sea rose... The sea rose up, glory, because of this storm. And here comes Jesus. He's walking out in the middle of the waves, Brother Moshe, in the middle of the storm. 
Now, now my sermon today is not that Jesus is there in the storm. He is. But here he comes, and they're rowing, and they're just rowing. And here comes Jesus, and they're afraid, and they're, I think they're going to lose their life. And all on top of it, here comes a ghost. And, you know, that doesn't scare you. Your scare is broken. So they're out there, and, 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 and they're rowing, and they're rowing. And Jesus comes, and he says, it is I, be not afraid. Six words. It is I, be not afraid. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus spoke to their fear before he dealt with their storm. And you and I want him to deal with the storm first, Mark, and then we'll let our fear go. Jesus, you show me that you can calm the storm and I'll stop being afraid. That's not the order that Yahweh takes it in. He says, it is I. Be not afraid. If you will believe that he is who he says he is, then you will believe that you don't have to be afraid because he's the one that made the wind. He's the one that made the waves. He's the one that made the water. He's the one that made the land that's under the water. And when he says, peace be still, it's over with. When he says, it's got to stop, it's got to stop because he's the one one that made it. Can I just be real with you today? The reason you're still scared and the reason that I'm still afraid is because we don't believe the first three words out of his mouth. It is I. Because if we believe that he is who he says he is, then we wouldn't have any more fear. I wish somebody today would get a hold of the one who says I am that I am. I wish somebody would say, I believe you. Because if you believe him, fear has got to flee. I'm not telling you an emotion is wrong. Emotions are just emotions. And it's okay if you have them. What matters, Rebecca, is what we do with them and who we submit them to. I want to submit my fear to my father and not my enemy. I want to submit my fear to the one who loves me, not the one that hates me. I want to submit my fear to him because he knows what to do with it because he made me and he's going to rescue me. Oh, we can be released from fear today and we can step forward into an offensive posture. You just forgive me today. I'm a little tired of retreating and hiding like Gideon and waiting for the next time that my fruitfulness is going to be stolen. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit frustrated with just waiting on Satan's next salvo. I'm a little frustrated with just waiting for his next lies and his next intimidation. And I'm ready to take somebody out of the bar and put them in the baptistry. I'm ready to take somebody out of the hatred and see them fill with the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to somebody to be delivered from demonic oppression and possession because of the power that's in the name of Jesus. I'm going to set my fear aside today, not just because it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to set aside my fear and I'm going to pick up my faith because it's going to make me fight better. And my God deserves a warrior, not a warrior. My God deserves somebody who's going to rescue some else and bring the deliverance that I've already experienced stand with me today don't give in to fear don't give in to fear I've been scared before I'm not preaching anything I don't know about I've been scared this week I've been discouraged this week I've been reading the daily satanic news because he'll come to you every day Sheila he's got news every day you just click on his news feed and he'll tell you all about it. How bad it's going to be. How bad he's going to defeat you. How it's going to go down and what's going to happen. Every time, every time. He's got something to say. But we don't have to give in to that. 
because fear, listen to me, fear is putting confidence in the word of the enemy. But faith is putting trust in the word of the Father. When I'm fearful, I'm saying I'm believing what the enemy is saying. But when I'm faithful, I'm saying I'm believing what the Father's saying. Who's going to be faithful today? Who's going to believe when he says it is I? Be not afraid. I'm not talking about emotions today. I'm talking about where your heart is set. I'm not talking about things that come through your head. I'm talking about what you meditate on and what you put in your spirit and what you say, I'm going to hold on to. Paul said to Timothy, he said, we've not been given the spirit of fear, but of peace and of love and of sound mind. You can have a thought of fear without giving into a spirit of fear. You can have a moment of being discouraged without giving in to discouragement. You can, have a, 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 you can have a day of thinking, I'm not on top, without surrendering to remaining on the bottom. And the way you can do it is who you've got the confidence in. When he comes walking in the middle of the storm, I wish somebody would jump out of the boat and say, if it's really you, I'm coming to where you are. I don't care how high the waves are. I don't care how loud the wind is. I don't care how tired my arms are. I don't care how long I've been rowing or how dark the night is. If it's you, Jesus, I believe you, Jesus, and I'm coming to where you are, and you're going to bring me to where I belong because you can do it. You can do it preaching to some burdened people today the Holy Ghost talked to me about you this week and I know you're carrying burdens listen to your pastor right now Jesus wants you to walk out of this room with your head held high he wants you to walk out of here with your shoulders not bowed down he wants you to walk out of here with your eyes lifted to the field where the harvest is now I know you're going to heaven I know you are Willie I know you are if I have to drag you, you're going to heaven. I refuse to give you up. I do. Brother Mosier, I love you. But if you get sideways with God, I'm going to find out how, how much I can fight a 6'4 man who outweighs me and is out stronger. If I have to get you in a headlock and give you a noogie like a, your, your big brother used to, you're going to heaven. I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about you guys. But there are people out there that have never felt what you felt a moment ago. There are people out there that have never been healed by the name of Jesus. There's people that have never been delivered. And that's who we're fighting for. That's who we're having faith for. That's who we're believing for. Get out of the fear house and get into the faith house. Because we need somebody today to conquer the enemy in the name of Jesus. We need somebody to put their foot on the head of the old Satan and say, It's time. It's time to win the battle. Would you join me in this altar? Would you join me in this altar? Let's let go of fear today. Would you join me in this altar? Come on. Come on. Let's pray today. Let's let go of fear today. Somebody on your block needs the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody in your workplace needs to be healed. Somebody, somebody in your family needs to receive victory from God. And it depends on you and me bringing the name of Jesus to them. Let's do it in the name of the Lord. Let's do it in the name of the Lord. Let's be full of faith today and not full of fear. Let's be full of the faith of our Father in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, friend, I don't want to be a warrior. I want to be a warrior. But I have to confess, 
I have to be full of faith in order to be free of fear. Circumstance comes to us all, and the challenges, they never seem to go away. There's no Shangri-La in this life where there's a day where we wake up and we have no problems, no challenges, no obstacles ahead of us. So there's always something to be afraid of if we don't keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and His tremendous purpose and love for and in our lives. Are you going to travel light today? I urge you. I urge you to put down that burden of fear. Pick up that shield of faith. And let's travel far. Let's travel with the one who's always with us as we journey home to him. Thank you for joining us, friend, at Arlington United.